I'm about to just go out here with nothing on and, and get sick. <laughs> I'm like, I'm about to go out here with nothing on and get sick because y'all just don't care about me. So I started warming up with no shirt on. It was like, and then it started like hitting national news. Like, man, it, Ryan Shazier is crazy. Hey, when was the last time you seriously considered your dreams? I mean, come on, you used to think about them all the time. What happened? I say it's time that you and your dreams got back together. I mean, think about it. You could live the van life in a totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. You could tour all 423 national parks, build a mountain cabin with your dad, or even start up your own business. Really, whatever you want to dream up. And it's a Mercedes-Benz van we're talking about here, kids. So expect innovative safety features like crosswind assist and blind spot assist. Expect amazing performance and reliability with an MBUX voice command system, a five-star dealer network, and an available gas engine. It runs like, well, a dream. So what do you say? Head to the Mercedes-Benz dealership and get that Sprinter van. Tell them your dream sent you. Hey, what's up, everybody? Trey Wingo here. Welcome in to another episode of Half Forgotten History Season 5. As you know, this season, we're partnering with my good friends at Mercedes-Benz as we have great conversations with great athletes about the things that they had to overcome in their life to achieve their dreams. And speaking of dreams, thanks to my friends at Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Vans, I have found the perfect way to get to the golf course, take everybody to a tailgate, or just get the entire family out of the house. Look, whatever your dreams are, Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Vans can help bring them to life. This week's guest is very special because he had to overcome something to get to where he wanted to be, and then had to overcome something even more significant once he got to where he wanted to be. I'm talking about former Steelers linebacker Ryan Shazier, who burst onto the scene out of Ohio State and then suffered a tragic injury that we all thought might have gone much worse than it actually did, but he's overcome that and is now living an incredible life. Here is the episode with Ryan Shazier. So I guess, Ryan, the first thing is, where are you in your relationship with football right now? Like, what do you think about the game? One thing I think about the game, I, I, I still see it very interesting. I, I love the game of football. I, I, I would never not love the game of football. Uh, last night, actually watching it, it kind of scared me a little bit. It reminded me of what, what happened to me. I was actually at the game, and, you know, I was praying for Taylor. Uh, but I still love the game of football. I still enjoy it. I still love playing catch. And I took my, my youngest, my oldest son to the game yesterday, and I was trying to convince him to watch it with me. So he watched the first quarter with me. But he's six years old and he has an iPad. So uh, trying to get him to watch football is kind of tough. But I, I still love the game of football. I'm still pretty close with a lot of the guys. I, I went to the TJ house last week to celebrate his birthday with Cam. So I'm still pretty close to a lot of the guys. For those that don't know, we're taping this the day after the Monday night game between the Seahawks and the Steelers. And that, of course, we saw Daryl Taylor, the Seahawks, uh, get taken off on a stretcher. Thankfully, he has all his feelings as an extremities and, and the, the MRIs and the CT scans came back negative, which is really good. But you, you alluded to it. When you see something like that, I mean, how quickly does your mind go back to what happened to you? When I see something like that, it really, it's, it's, it's almost hard not to think about what happened to me, uh, especially because it's my own life. But when I, whenever I see a player get hurt, the first thing I always look at is, are they moving certain areas of their body? And to me, it was very scary because he was laying flat and he wasn't really moving his legs as much. So it kind of scared me. And then when I see how long it was, I knew it was very serious. So it, it does bring flashbacks to me, but I also understood the risk of playing football and everybody out there knows the risk of playing football. So 
we don't accept it. Obviously, we don't want that to ever happen to anybody. But you also have to realize the sacrifice that you're you're putting in to play this game and uh, to make the money that we make. Well, listen, we'll get into to what ended your career in a little bit, but I want to talk a little bit about your journey because, uh, you know, you it, it, I guess it was fate that you were going to end up playing for Urban Meyer because you committed <laughs> to Florida to play and then he left Florida. So you go to Ohio State, you commit to Ohio State, Jim Trussell leaves, and then in comes Urban Meyer. I, I guess it was meant to be for the two of you to be a coach and player together, right? Yeah, it was funny when Coach Meyer first got to Ohio State. He was like, I knew I was going to coach you eventually. And, you know, everybody was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was kind of cool because I was planning on going to Florida. Um, I'm from Florida, so going to Florida, it was fur- further enough away for my parents. Were have to, like, hey, we're coming into town. They couldn't just sneak up on me. But it was still close enough. If something serious happened, I can always go home. So it was – and they just came off of two national championships. Tim Tebow was just finishing up there. So, you know – it would have been a great environment to go to that school. But then uh, it started to get a little funky and things weren't looking so good. So I started to consider going somewhere else. And then Coach Meyer actually retired. I mean, resigned. And then when he resigned, Ohio State and LSU were both at my school. And I visited both of those schools within that next week. And uh, I honestly thought I was going to go to LSU because LSU – at the time, it wasn't LSU wasn't the best school in the SEC because I had I could have right. went to any school. I had Alabama's, I had you know Georgia's, I had every school you could think of. But LSU, I just love the environment. I love everything that was going on there. But it was more of the love of a high schooler. And then when I went to Ohio State, I actually started to think about it more as a how is this going to affect my life? And when I started to look at that. I noticed that Ohio State was the best spot for me, so that's why I ended up there. And then Coach Meyer came within a few months. So what was it about Ohio State? Because what you just said I thought was really interesting. As a high schooler, you loved LSU, but you started looking at it what, in, a, in a different way, and that made Ohio State more the, uh, the right place for you? When I say as a high schooler, a lot of guys, obviously, when, when it comes to picking schools, everybody has a different different values and different systems. So my dad was very involved with my with mine when it came to choosing where I was going to go to school. But some some people, when they want to go to school, they want to start immediately. Some people love the uniform. Some people love going to that school. Some people want to be in the SEC. Some people, you know, uh, they, they're, they're from a small town and it's a big city. And then some people just like all men or, you know, they like – you see, you know, as a kid, I was like, man, there's it's some beautiful women here just at LSU. So <laughs> it, it is some nice parties. So it was kind of cool because I was just like, man, you know, Florida has some, it was, it was a pretty cool environment. And it was like to go to LSU it was kind of cool. And it was a nice environment, a party environment. But then I was like, man, this is cool. I mean, SEC football is down south. It's something different, but it's still not too far from home. You know, and I, I was thinking of it more of, uh, as a high school, like, man, this is going to be a cool experience. You know, then when I went to Ohio State, I came home for one day. Then the next day after that, on a Wednesday, I think it was, or Monday, I visited Ohio State. Ohio State at that time was on quarter systems and not semesters. So quarters, that means that they get out of – the whole school is out of school early. So basically the whole campus, the whole university was out of school the whole, like, month of December. There's nobody in school. So I visited the school. It was nobody there. Then, while I was also visiting, 
the team was training for the December Bowl game when they were going to play the Sugar Bowl. And when they were training, the day I got to the school was their last day of working out and they were leaving. So I was with some, I had to stay with some of the guys that weren't traveling to go to the, the bowl game. And I spent time with Coach Pressel for the first first day or so. And my dad came and then we started to see all the academic things. But one thing that I know would affect a lot of kids from down south, and it kind of affected me too. The day I left, LSU was about 75 degrees. I got back to Florida, it was about 80. When I went to Ohio State, my first visit, I landed in Ohio, it was negative four degrees. <laughs> <laughs> so I told my dad, as we, like, we landed, and I told my dad, like, you know, you have your recruiting guy that's like driving yeah. through. We got to the hotel, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to school here. It's like, there's no way I'm going to school here. And then we started to think about just life. And I just started talking to my dad about, all right, what's important? And uh, how can this help me out after football? So Ohio State has a great degree. The alumni base is is huge. You can literally go anywhere and scream OH and then somebody's going to scream IO, especially in like an airport or something. And then right. one thing I also thought about at Ohio State, if you start, you pretty much, if you start at Ohio State, you have a solid chance of making it to the NFL. Like you might yeah. not be a first round draft pick or something, but you, if you start, you have a solid chance of making the NFL. And then also, uh, a lot of kids want to, you know, start right away and things like this. And I was like, I have a senior in front of me. And then if I'm, I'm still, I, I didn't play linebacker in high school. So if I waited and learned under this, this senior, and then I went in springtime and then in springtime until my freshman year, if I sit behind a senior, I'm going to know the position well enough by the time my sophomore year comes, I'm going to be ready to go. So like we started thinking about all that type of stuff. And, uh, and then I was like, also, if I make it to the NFL, I have to be adjusted to the cold weather. I know I don't like it now, but you never know where you get drafted. So we end up thinking like that, that's the best. That's going to actually be best for me to go to Ohio to prepare me for after after football. And, uh, and it really did. That's a that's a lot of quantum thinking for a 17, 18 year old kid. Right. I don't think a lot of people yeah. take that process uh so thoroughly how how important was your dad in thinking helping you think that through yeah it was really important so my dad was the chaplain for the dolphins at the time and he talked to the gm sometime obviously yeah like he didn't talk to the gm like hey like you know like he'll talk to the gm but then also ask some questions because my dad was a chaplain so he'll come to bible study and then my dad was like hey you know i think it was ireland at the time and he was like hey uh, jeff uh my son is actually a pretty good player He's starting to get recruited by pretty much every school in the country. What are some of the things you think he should look at or look into when it comes to getting recruited? And what are some of the best schools? And, and you know, at the time, they would, the Dolphins would tell my dad, hey, uh, we just want to let you guys know, like, this coaching staff, like, some some guys in the NFL trust, this coaching staff, some guys don't. Um, when you look into schools, kind of look into this or that. And then we also had, like, it was crazy, like, at my house, because I was getting so like many offers, I was blessed. Like I was really blessed. Like uh, I was getting so many offers. We just had a big board in my house, like as if you was like at a at a uh, like a convention, and it was in our living room, yeah. like a really big board in our living room. And it was like every time I get an offer, we'll put a school up there. And my dad was like, "Hey, would you want to go there or not?" And I was like, "There's no way I'm going there." And it's like literally, like I'll get an offer, and the day I get an offer, I just cross them off. You know, so it was, and it's, but but it, but it was so nice schools. to be wanted, right? It's nice to be wanted. 
Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was pretty cool. But then there was some schools that would be on that list, and then we'll start thinking about it. And it's like I'll cross them off, and then I'll take them back, and then I'll put them back on. You know, so it was right. it was kind of cool. So then we had like a big board. And then my dad was like, "All right, why would you? Why don't you want to go there? Why do you want to go here?" And I remember I, I I chose like one school. I was like, "I don't want to go there because they're not a Nike school." And my dad was like, "Really? Like, you know?" It's, <laughs> but like that's how. But I was in yeah. high school, so like that's how you know some kids think, and, you know, and and some people make their decisions off of things like that. So, but my dad, he was like, "Man, today, Ryan, this is your decision." But just like, don't choose a school based off of like who's paying for their like endorsements, you know, like who's, who's right. endorsing their, their, their school, you know, just cause they're a Adidas school doesn't mean that could be a good school. So we started just crossing everything off. And then we, when I committed to Florida, I, my, I wasn't even, I, I didn't have like a top five or anything yet at the time. Cause I committed pretty early, but I, we went to visit Florida on an unofficial visit with me, my mom, my dad, and my little brother. And we all visited, had a good time. Coach Meyer was there. And I was like, man, I actually like it here. It's actually pretty cool. We, I went to pretty much every Florida game as a sophomore, junior, and senior. And uh, and they were really good at the time. So it was pretty cool because like, I used to just go up for the home games. And um, so I ended up committing because we just was like, oh, my family loves it here so much. But then, like, as I became a senior, I was like, dad, man, I, I was like, I've never been out of the country. I at least want to use my five visits and things like that. And, and uh so then my dad was like, all right, if, if you want to go, like, if you want to start thinking about the schools, he was like, you just got to know. Because my dad is really, we're really big on, like, faith, integrity, and discipline. He was like, if you tell somebody you're going to do something, you should follow through. And that's how my dad yeah. felt about a commitment. He was like, if you didn't, if you didn't really want to go here, you should never commit it. You know, and uh, and I was like, I did at the time, but you're in high school. You know, so uh, we started, you know, thinking about other schools and other things, and then uh, – it was a blessing and a curse that Coach Meyer resigned and then it allowed me to go to Ohio State. So you got to Ohio State and you played in every game as a freshman. Like, And I always like to ask this question because was there a moment in a game or a practice when you realized at Ohio State, hey, I'm, I'm good enough to be really good at this level? Was there one thing that pointed that out to you more than anything else? I think it was actually like the spring game the year I went in. So yeah. I went in. So most kids, they go in around July, June, like the summertime, like when most kids right. are going in, they go in a little bit before the general population of kids go in. And because you're training for football, but I went in in the springtime. So I missed the back half of my high school to play the go to Ohio State because I didn't play linebacker. And then we had a spring game. And in the spring game, I didn't play linebacker in high school. But in that spring game, I was learning the linebacker position. In the spring game, I played, I had made like eight or nine tackles. And uh, we was going against the starters, and I, I was doing really well. But like, I would go against like some of the like Terrell and uh, yeah. Boom Heron and all those guys. Yep. And I was making solid tackles, and I'm like, man, like these guys are going to the go to the NFL, you know. And I was like, man, I'm I'm actually standing up pretty well with these guys. And then once I started playing in my my uh, in the games, I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident. But once I knew I was good enough. To go to the NFL was my freshman year. We played, we played uh, P- Purdue, and the starter linebacker. Cause remember I told you it was a senior in front of me. Then it was a kind of a gap uh, for that position. Cause I played well linebacker, but it was other linebackers in other positions. But I played well linebacker, and it was like the senior than me. And it was like another guy I was competing with. But I'm not gonna say he wasn't good enough. But it was just like, yeah, I I, I could beat him out at the time. He was he he was like a sophomore or something, and. Uh, 
So he the, the senior got hurt the like the first beginning of the game. And sometimes like they'll sprinkle me in the game like first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. But a lot of times at Ohio State, we're blessed. Majority of the teams we blow out. That's not like rivalry games or out of conference games. So, right. uh, so I was I would play a lot, and he got hurt. And when he got hurt, uh, I, I, I was I, I got in like the first quarter. And I was playing for a while, and then normally you know you don't ask like man like when am I coming out <laughs> you know. But yeah. I was like I'm like hey coach uh I'm like is, is sweat okay because I like you know because normally I'm I'm a, I'm used to coming into the game for a little bit and then he might you know just get him a, a rest and then and he right. was like hey Ryan like you might have to you might have to finish this one out uh, sweat got a concussion and then I was like oh snap okay. And then I ended up having in the game that game I had eight tackles, a sack, two like two tackles for loss, a forced fumble, and a drop pick. So I, I had like a really good game. And then like the next game after that, my freshman year, I started versus Penn State because he still had a Penn State, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I had I had fifteen tackles in my freshman like my first start ever, and we ended up losing the game, but I had like a really really good game for my freshman year. And then. From that game on, the team, the, the coaches was like, "Hey, like Ryan has to play," and then they move Sweat to another position. And then I was like, "Yeah, I'm really, I'm good enough to make it." And obviously, that was the right call because you were great. You started all 12 games in 2012. Same thing in 2013, and your first team All American. So you opt out of your last year, and obviously, it was the right idea because you were a first round draft pick. But there was any part of you that uh, regretted it when you saw that Ohio State went on to win the national championship that, <laughs> that year that would have been your senior year? Yeah. No, I definitely – I definitely – I'm not going to say I regretted it, but it's yeah. sometimes I definitely wish I was part of it. Uh, I was I was at the game on the sideline, and it was a really special moment to be there. Um, but people get mad at guys when they leave early, and I tell people all the time, everybody goes to college to get a job. And, right. you know, some people get a job earlier than others. You know, if Google came and was like, hey, this guy is a great, you know, engineer or this guy's a great computer software engineer and he's a junior, they're going to steal him out of his school and he'll finish it up later. And that's the same thing it does. It is with the NFL, but it's a sport. So I was like, man, this is a job opportunity. I can't make I can't let it pass. And uh, uh, it's not a lot of people that get the opportunity to go first round. So I just want to make sure I took advantage of it. Absolutely. And you did. And, and this seems like a perfect uh, place to take a break. We'll take a quick break here with uh, Ryan Shazier when we come back on this episode of Half Forgotten History. Talk about the beginning of his NFL career with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Stay with us. Hey, today's episode of Half Forgotten History is brought to you by Zelle. Zelle's a great way to send money to family or friends, no matter where they bank in the United States. I use Zelle. It's in my bank app and I send money to my kids, even though they're in their mid-20s. And they still want money from dad. Nobody's ever off the family plan. Trust me on this. With the holidays coming up, you can even discuss splitting the cost of a holiday dinner at a restaurant with friends and family or splitting the cost of a gift to send to your parents between all your siblings. Simply sending the gift of money, which is also a good idea. Uh, Paying an individual craftsperson for a unique handmade gift or paying your friend back for your portion of the ice skate rental, ski vacation, whatever. You get the idea. Remember, money set goes straight into the recipient's bank account, typically in minutes between enrolled users. And you don't have to download another app because it's probably in your banking app already, like it is in mine. So look for Zelle in your banking app today. All right, back with Ryan Shazier on this episode of Half Forgotten History. So your 2014 linebacker draft class, pretty good. You were the third linebacker taken in the first round. Khalil Mack went fifth, worked out for him. 
Anthony Barr went ninth, worked out for him, and you went 15th overall. When you heard that Pittsburgh was the team that drafted you, what went through your mind? Because there are a lot of really, really good linebackers that have played in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What was crazy is when I was getting drafted, the Dallas Cowboys called my agent and told him they were drafting me before I actually got drafted to the Steelers because the Cowboys had a 16th pick and the Steelers had a 15th pick. So they called and my agent was like, hey, Ryan, you're about to go to the Cowboys. And the Steelers called my phone and was like, hey, Ryan, uh, we have the 15th pick. Are you ready? Like, basically, Mr. Rooney, like, how you doing? Uh, Are you ready to be a Steeler? And I was like, I thought I was going to be a cowboy. It was, but it was kind of, it was kind of <laughs> cool. It was kind of cool because I, I actually prefer to be at the Steelers. You know, um, to be under Coach Tomlin, he's he's one of the greatest coaches I've ever been around. Uh, Mr. Rooney and this this franchise are, are, are awesome. And like you said, it was so many great linebackers before us, and the, the opportunity to play with James Harrison, to play with Lawrence Timmons, even uh, Jason Worlds, he was good at the time. And then like look at it now, like T.J. Watt to play with him is. One thing that the students understand is good linebackers, and I'm just happy to be uh, named one of them, um, yeah. just to be able to, to, to rep the black and gold. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and it's interesting. We, we talked about that moment in college. Was there a moment in your pro career, whether training camp, preseason game, or regular season game, when you thought, I can be as good in the NFL as I was in college? I always, when I went in the first round, I was like, yeah, I know that I can be just as good as anybody in the NFL. Yeah. And uh, it was it was a lot of times in practice, I would make plays, and I got, a lot of guys were like, man, it's crazy. Like, Ryan will make this play. Like, I remember Coach Tomlin, not Coach Tomlin, Ben had threw a dig. He threw like a 30-yard dig. And I, was, and I wasn't that deep, but I jumped up really high and picked it off with one hand. And everybody was like, that guy's not supposed to make that play, you know. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was a pretty cool moment. And then, and then I'll make a few plays my my rookie year. Um, like I made uh, like a few strips. Uh, I have a few forced fumbles and things like that. And it was unfortunate that I kept getting hurt. And that was the one thing that really kind of frustrated me when I got into the NFL because in college I never missed any games. Yeah, but in the NFL. I start. I, I started to be a little bit injury prone, and that's the one thing that kind of frustrated me. But I, I knew once I really just dove in, like I did at Ohio State, I, I could be just as good as anybody in the NFL. So earlier when we were talking, you said you didn't want to go Ohio State because it was so cold, but it became a thing for you to walk out on Heinz Field without a shirt on to let people know that it wasn't going to bother you no matter what the temperature was. Was that more about getting yourself ready uh, in those cold conditions or sending a message to the opposition? So how that started was actually kind of me being a little bit rebellious. The team before we used to like like James and all those guys, they always said like yeah. no matter what, the linebackers have to go out there with no sleeves on. No sleeves. You got yeah. to go out there with no sleeves. And right now the league is a little bit different because now like guys are or I'm not gonna say it was a little bit I feel like I mean I was in the middle of like how the NFL is now. And how it was sort of a transition, was, yeah. I was in the transition phase. So I, so James is one of the guys when it was like real tough, like this is how things are. And then now it's like the NFL, I understand that we're protecting guys and things like that, but it's a, it's definitely a transition from how I play. So what was happening, we had a, a 
we had a discussion in the locker room because I was not feeling good this game. We played the Bills. I was like, I'm not feeling good. I can't, I can't go out there with no sleeves on. Like, I'm, I'm not feeling well at all. And it was like, I don't care what you say. Like, James, I don't care what you say. You're going out there with no sleeves. And I was like, James, like, if you want to fight me before this game, we're going to fight. He was like, yeah, you're going out there with uh, sleeveless. I'm like, no, I'm not. And he was like, man, we're, we're going to find you for each sleeve you wear. We're going to find you five grand. The defense going to find you five grand for each sleeve you wear. Because back in the day, like, it, the only guys that would really wear sleeves would be, like, the cornerbacks. But, like, the linebackers, the linemen, safeties, none of us wear sleeves. Like, you don't never really see. You might see one game ever with Troy with sleeves on or something like that. But you never see Troy with sleeves or anything like that. And it was like we was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But the game got delayed because it was snowing a lot. They had to, like, uh, fix the turf. And when they fixed the turf, uh, it kind of delayed the game. And so I was out there, and I was like, all right, whatever, man. Like, y'all want me to wear sleeves so bad? I'm about to just go out here with nothing on and, and get sick. <laughs> I'm like, I'm about to go out here with nothing on and get sick because y'all just don't care about me or whatever. <laughs> right? And, uh, and then, so I started warming up with no shirt on. It was like, and then it started like hitting national news. Like, man, Ryan Shazier is crazy. He's out here in a blizzard with no with no shirt on. And then I started like, and then guys after the game was like, man, bro, like, why are you warming up with no shirt on? And I was like, oh man, this is really like mentally affecting you guys, <laughs> you know. So then yeah. I was like, man, I noticed that guys are thinking about me and like, why is he wearing like he like he must really want to play or right, the cold does not bother him. Why is he out here with no shirt on and I started to think about it, and I was like, these guys are thinking about me before the game starts, and you're not focused on the game. So they kind of like – it was like a – I'm 1% better than you right now because you're thinking about something that's really irrelevant. It, it led to one of my proudest moments on NFL Live because we did an interview with you, and sort of jokingly, we took you out on the field, and we Photoshopped your body on my head. And I, I just tell you, I never looked better. I'll just tell you that right now. <laughs> I have never looked better in my entire life than the time that we put – my head on your body. So thank you for that moment where I, where I felt like, you know, all the hard work I paid off on the treadmill finally worked out. Yeah, man. I, I might need that Photoshop now, man. Cause I ain't been playing. So my body doesn't look as good as it used to. So. <laughs> well, there, there's a reason for that. And I think we, we need to get to that now. And, and that was that Monday night game uh, against the Bengals uh, in December of 2017. And it's it seared in my brain for a variety of reasons. And just so you know, my son played college football at Georgetown and one of his teammates went through the exact same thing in a game in, in, in September of 2015. And his name was Ty Williams. And, uh, you know, he's, he's still on his road to recovery. So when I saw what happened to you, it affected me in ways that I did not expect it to affect me. Um, cause I, I knew what the, pro the, the possibilities were and they weren't real good. When did you realize something is really wrong? Uh, it, I would say probably about a week and a half, two weeks after my injury. And because I, when I got injured, I was thinking more of like a, a, a stinger. And a stinger is basically if you hit your shoulder, it kind of goes numb for a bit and you kind of get your feeling back. So I, I thought it was something like that when I first got hurt. And I noticed I was getting a little bit of recovery after I got injured. But then I just noticed how slow it was happening and how hard things were. And I was like, man, uh, like I'm really, I'm really hurt pretty bad. Like it's, this is going to be a lot longer process than I imagined. But 
so probably about two weeks after I got injured, it really started to affect me. And I was like, man, this is this is going to be a life changing, life changing event. And it, it really it, it scared me and my family a bit. Did you ever allow yourself the possibility that you might not recover the mobility? One thing I, I told myself and my family was that I'm going to walk again and I'm going to get healthy again. I wouldn't let any doubt or criticism step into the room. You know, it would allow me to be, I wouldn't allow anybody to tell me that I wouldn't be able to do it. So I think that positivity and just everybody staying on the same page with me was something that really helped me go forward. But I, I didn't have many moments where I told myself I wanted to overcome this. One of the first things I remember after the injury and that made me feel like, okay, he might be able to recover from this completely. It was a game at Heinz Field and you were upstairs in a box and when they played Renegade, you stood up for the, I mean, I'm getting chills just talking about it now, you know, and people saw you sort of stand up on your feet for the first time in public. What was that moment like when everyone at the field saw you do that at that pivotal moment in a game where they play that song uh, every every game at Heinz Field? What was that feeling like for you? That that was a it was a great moment um, because I, it was cool to be able to, to get the crowd involved to allow us to you know try to help overcome the adversity that we was dealing with and just to allow everybody to see that I was able to. Uh, continue to get better, overcome it, and and uh, grow. So uh, I just I was really happy just to allow people to see me uh, get better in that moment because I know a lot of people were praying for me at the time, and a lot of people were scared about what I was going through, and just so people could see how I was feeling. It was I, it was awesome to be able to do that. The other moment that really was very inspiring to a lot of people was the 2018 NFL Draft, and the Steelers had their first round pick, and they're going to take Terrell Edmonds. Uh, and suddenly from across the stage, everyone sees you walking to the podium to make the announcement. And the place went absolutely crazy. What was that moment like for you, and what was the significance of it? That moment was very, I don't want to say scary. It was very ner- It was a very nervous moment for me because me and Roger Goodell had talked about two months before then, we, I was, we was both at an event. And he was like, how are you doing? And I was telling him I was, I was doing a lot better. I'm starting to walk. And he was asking me if I would want to come to the draft and be part of the draft. And when when I said yes, I was already recovering well. But it kind of also put like a uh, a booster for me as well because it was like, hey, Ryan, like if I'm going to – if I say I'm going to walk across the stage, like, I have to really like – continue to work at it, you know, because uh, I was walking pretty good before then, but I wasn't walking as well the week before, you know? So it was, it was like constant progress and my wife hand still might be hurting from the day I was walking in the draft. Uh, But it was, it was really cool because I wanted just to to, to allow people to see where my progress was at because a lot of times people were praying for me and, and they were supporting me, but they never really got to see how my progress was. So it was really yeah. exciting and, and a cool moment for me to be able to show them where I was at and just allow people. And, and that was kind of like a thank you from me uh, just because I wanted to thank everybody for their support and their prayers and, and um, 
That's that's why I wanted to do that. Listen, there's two things I'll take away from that draft experience. Uh, you walking across the stage and, and then Shaq Griffin getting drafted uh, by the Seattle Seahawks. Those are the two things from that draft that will stick with me forever. Um, the other thing that I always thought was interesting is you, for the longest time, said your intention was to come back and play. Like you weren't mm. going to – like most people would say, hey, you know, I had this horrific injury – amazingly and thankfully I've recovered a, a lot of what I had, but you were not willing to give up. Like you were not going to give up on that dream. How important was that for you to still have that as a goal for you? I think everybody should have goals to reach for the stars and then hopefully, you know, hit them all. I reach for the moon, hopefully hit the stars. I don't know which one is further, but at the end of the day, to me, I always, and every goal I had was to try to get to the ultimate platform of it and then uh sometimes you may not always hit your goal but sometimes you do and that's how i've always been in my life and the thing is if, if you're not if you're not reaching for a goal that you don't feel is too big then most of the time you're not going to reach any goal or or some of the goals that you you have to reach to get to there so my my goal is, you know, to, to play again and reach the Hall of Fame and to be the player that I once was. But if I knew if I was going to play again and be the player I once was, that being able to walk again was part of that, being able to be around my family and play again was part of that, to be able to have just a, a regular day-to-day -day life was part of that. And those also were goals of mine. But I knew in anything I do, I want to reach for the ultimate goal. And then, hey, I might not make it. But I made all this progress. I, made, I have all this success in the way of reaching that goal. And that's what I was able to do. Well, listen, uh, obviously that didn't work out, but you found a way to still be very involved in the game and you have a lot of things going for you. So why don't we take our final break here? We'll come back with Ryan Chase here, talk about what he's doing now. So some stuff that's coming out really quick that I think you'll be excited about. Stay with us, Ryan Chazier. More on this episode of Half Forgotten History. No two dreams are the same but there is one van equipped to handle them all. For over 120 years, Mercedes-Benz vans have been built, upfitted, and ready to go because we believe dreams should never stay that way because those who find their passion drive their passion. So you can stop following your dreams and start driving them. All right, back with Ryan Shazier uh, with us on this episode of Half Forgotten History. So you still found a way to get involved in the game, I, I saw you a few games ago trying to get the Steelers psyched up on the field before the game. Tell people what you're doing now, all the things that you're doing, and, and you've got something exciting coming out too. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited about a lot of the things I'm doing right now. I told my wife the last three years, I kind of been sitting on my butt trying to figure out what I want to do while I recover. So I was like, now that I'm, I'm up and moving, it's like I have to be as busy as I was when it came to football to be productive. So one thing I'm really excited about, I started a foundation. The foundation is for uh, others who have spinal cord injuries and allow them to overcome that. Um, I understood how important it was for me to have the support I had, and I wanted to provide that to, to the others who are going through the same thing. You know, Another thing that I have going on right now is I'm on a podcast and I'm on a show. It's called Let's Go Football, uh, the show. It's on Twitch. It's really, it's a really cool show. It's really exciting uh, to be part of that, uh, to be able to talk about football, talk about what's going on in the day-to-day -day football, and, and also joke around. And I'm on there with some 
some guys that are gamers, so they're not really technically football analysts. So it's kind of right. cool to talk. It's just cool to talk like real football with people that doesn't know the game as much as I do. So it's kind of it's kind of cool because you're getting a fan's uh, look and then also a player's look, and then we're also combining that. And then I'm then I'm also on a a podcast on Spotify, which is which is also exciting. And then it's actually me and James Jones we're talking about football. And then I have a book out, and it's it's called Walking Miracle, and it's about the about my life, about how my adversity uh, helped me overcome the adversity. That I, the adversity through my life helped me overcome what I've gone through now, and I'm I'm really excited. I think guys will really love to, to, to hear it. Well, listen, you also have a trucking company. Like you, you got yeah. your hands in a lot of places right now, Ryan right. Shazier. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So I have a car logistics company that ships cars across the country. So basically, when somebody needs their car moved from point A to point B, if you're buying a car, moving the car, selling the car. You need your car moved. Uh, my company is doing that as well. So yeah, I definitely have my hands full. Uh, but one thing I did when I was playing football, I stayed busy. I used to work hard and just get everything I had at those things, and that's what I'm trying to do right now. So for those that saw your injury, for those that love football but are concerned about the possibilities, for those that have suffered injuries similar to yours, what's what's the message you want to send to those people? Uh, to me. In life, you pretty much get get what you put in. And I understood that things didn't go the way you wanted it to go. And majority of the times, things don't go the way you want them to go. It, there's a few people that, that that do, Tom Brady, LeBron, but pretty much everybody <laughs> else in the world. Pretty much everybody right. else in the world, you know. And those guys went through adversity themselves, you know. But, everybody, but most of the times, it, you know, you have a goal here, then it's, you know, you have a wall in front of you. You have to either go over it, go around it, or go through it. And you just and the thing is, to me, whenever I see that wall, I tell people to do do your best way of trying to get around that wall, but just don't stay at it. And I think a lot of people, uh, the biggest thing is they see a wall, and sometimes it scares you of how big it is, or how how long it might be to go around it. But as long as you're doing your best to try to get around it, or go over it, or go through it, I think uh, life will t- pan out. It'll pan out well for you. It might not be exactly how you want it, but things will still go well for you, and it's still a blessing. And um, and that's how I've been doing it in my life. And I, one thing I believe is just positive, positive energy wins wins overall. I feel when you believe in something, it's a, you have a lot better chance of achieving it than if you don't. If I say, hey, I was never going to walk again, then I would not walk again because I would not put the effort into it. But if I say, hey, I'm going to be in the Hall of Fame, hey, I might not make the Hall of Fame, but I'm walking again. I'm still enjoying my life. One thing I always try to tell people is just always believe in yourself, always push forward, and just know that uh, positive energy can can help you cure anything. Well, listen, your your positive energy comes through in buckets. Um, I, I've always thought your story was so inspirational. And, uh, you know, I, I remember seeing that that play in the field and thinking, oh, boy. And to see how well you're doing now is truly an inspiration. And that's why we wanted to get you on the show. Ryan, we appreciate your time. We appreciate your energy. We appreciate your your positivity. And if anyone's looking for a way to get around or over that wall, they can certainly look to one Ryan Shazier. Thanks for being with us today, man. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Trey, for having me. Once again, thanks to Ryan Shazier for the conversation. So great to catch up with him and see how well he's doing in his post-NFL career. And I'm sure whatever he chooses to do, He'll be great at it. Speaking of being great at it, next week's guest is a Hall of Famer. You have to be really good at your job 
to get one of those gold jackets. Longtime Miami Dolphins legend, Jason Taylor. We'll see you next week.